Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hi everyone, I have another short episode for you today and it's all about work-life balance. I received a question from someone who wanted me to talk about achieving work-life balance. You know, I'm not a huge fan of the word balance, um, but for the sake of the the, the topic and addressing this person's uh, question, I um, realized that a lot of the tips, tricks, skills that I've gained um, to kind of achieve better work-life balance, work-life harmony, whatever you want to call it, are things that I learned from becoming a mom. So the, the things that I've learned from being a mother scholar. So I'm here just to tell you a couple of things that have come up for me off the top of my head with regard to um, seeking uh, or achieving work-life balance. The first thing is, um, you know, in becoming a mom, one thing that came up for me is that um, not only does your identity shift, but your whole world and lifestyle changes and you go from seemingly having a lot of time on your hands to having very little time because this little being (laughs) is all encompassing, like is relying on you for their entire liveliness, you know, to survive. And what happens when you have less time is you learn to work smarter rather than harder. So I found myself realizing, oh, wow, like I don't have as many hours as my colleagues, as my cohort mates, as the people, you know, in my graduate class, you know, graduate school um, cohort, I just don't have as much time as them. So what am I supposed to do? Like it, it felt really unfair to have to be assigned the same readings and working on the same amount of um, material for our chapters. And I had a, only a percentage or a fraction of the amount of time that they did. And so for me, it meant being strategic with my time. It meant that sometimes I only had half an hour or an hour or a couple of hours or a weekend. And what did I do is I made the most with that time. So it really prevented me from procrastinating because it uh, promoted that sense of urgency. So a lot of times I hear students say, oh, um, I work really well when I'm under pressure. But in my head, I'm thinking, is it really that you work well under pressure or it's that you feel that you have to get it done because you're under pressure. So if that's the case, how can you recreate that sense of urgency, but during a time when it's not at the last minute, you see what I mean? So for me, like I created the sense of urgency in the sense that I realized I don't have as much time as everybody else. And so I have to be extra organized and schedule out my time far in advance. So anytime I had a deadline for anything, I would uh, backtrack and think about, okay, when realistically do I need to get this started? And maybe months in advance to get it done so that I don't fall behind. And so that's why I, I learned to rely on being working smarter rather than harder. So 
um, creating a routine and a schedule and a schedule where I would allow myself for things to happen and to, to play catch up. So I would, you know, once a month, there would be a weekend that I would dedicate it all towards writing and catching up on work because I knew that no matter what life was going to happen and there were going to be times that I was going to fall behind. So again, I realized I had to work smarter. Um, working smarter and harder isn't just about being efficient with your time. Um, it's also about learning to do things that are good enough. Uh, I, I have mentioned before that I can be a bit of a perfectionist and sometimes I do work that I'm not 100% satisfied with. But then at the end of the day, when I look at it, I'm like, is it good enough? Yes. And a lot of times my good enough is actually not that bad or is actually great. And I don't realize it because I'm here nitpicking every little thing that I'm doing. And when you nitpick and when you're a perfectionist, it's really easy to procrastinate and it's really easy to just take longer than you need to on a certain task. So for me, it meant um, just letting go of that perfectionism and doing work that is good enough. Um, it also meant learning to um, not just rely on having these long um, stretches of time to get my work done and instead being okay with working in small bursts of time. Maybe I only have a couple of minutes in the morning. Maybe I only have a couple of minutes at night. Maybe I only have that lunch hour to get this done. Then figuring out the time, the little bits of time that you do have. Sometimes it feels like you have no time, especially as a parent, it really does feel like you have no time. And as a parent with minimal to no childcare, Oof, um, but you find pockets of time here and there to get your work done. The other thing that I actually appreciate about being a parent, especially now that I'm, I'm a parent of an older child who can speak and articulate his needs, um, is that my son is the person who holds me accountable. You know, if I say, sure, after I get this done, we'll go out and take a walk. He's going to hold me accountable. He's going to say, actually, you finished it. You said we're going to go on a walk. Let's go on a walk. And um, that's one thing that I would want to share with you is, is there someone in your life who can hold you accountable to taking care of yourself and taking breaks or who can hold you accountable to doing the things that you said you're going to do? You know, like for me, I might say to my family, okay, I got to work on X, Y, and Z. And then after that, we can go to the park. And I say, I'm going to do it. And then I, I get it done because I know they're waiting for me. I know that they're hold, they're going to hold me accountable. So figure that out. Sometimes for some folks, it's their pet. It's their dog that they need to go out and take a walk. Sometimes it's a parent that they're living with that maybe they're helping to take care of. Maybe it's um, a niece or a nephew. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a roommate. Who is going to hold you accountable to making sure that you're not just working all the time or that you're not just procrastinating, that you don't just fall into this trap of feeling alone and isolated and like your life is just all about academics. Because frankly, that that's not work-life balance if all you're doing is work. That's just work. <laughs> Where's the life part of it? Um, another thing that's been really helpful is having a routine. It turns out routines are great for babies. Routines are great for children, but routines are also great for adults. 
And so figuring out what your routine is, whether you are actually going back in person to a campus setting or to a job outside of the home, or your routine is you're still working from home, still studying from home, still doing all the things in the same place that you've been doing for the last year and a half or more. Um, establishing a routine is really helpful, uh, especially in between the things that you need to get done to break up your day that can help you feel like things are not so monotonous and also so that you can kind of continuously get things done and not fall into the trap of, you know, either uh, working too much or the opposite, not working enough to get the things done and to meet the goals that you want to meet. Another thing that's been helpful for me, and I think it is likely helpful for other people, especially if you're still working from home or studying from home, but even, even if that's not the case, just in general, it's always good to have designated workspaces or locations or a ritual to transition between one thing and the next. So for instance, if you're doing all of your work in one room, is there a way that you can have a designated space for your working or studying? Is there a way for you to have a designated space for resting. If not, then what can you do like ritually that can help you feel like you're starting and ending your day? So for instance, if you know, actually, I don't have a desk and I work on my bed and I sleep on my bed and I do all the things on my bed. Okay. Then what can you do in terms of your ritual to distinguish between when you're working and when you're playing or when you're working and when you're resting? Perhaps it means making your bed at the beginning of the day and keeping it made until you're ready to rest. Or maybe it means setting up your bed as a workstation and adding certain books or a binder or something that, you know, as soon as that's on your bed, you know, you're going to be working. Um, having designated workspaces, having rituals to your day is going to help you with uh, feeling more of a balance and not feeling like, oh, you're always doing the same thing over and over again, or, or falling into the, um, the, that risk that you have of like potentially, like you said, either working too much, not, break, not taking breaks or resting, or the opposite, feeling like you're just kind of down and not having that, that interest or motivation to keep doing your work. The other thing uh, it, that's always been very helpful to me and it's helpful to me as a parent too is having a schedule and not just scheduling in work, but also scheduling in fun, scheduling in rest, scheduling in time to reflect, scheduling in, I schedule in time for myself, you know, to listen to podcasts, to do my own, you know, reading and just things, reflecting, journaling. I schedule time for, you know, my partner and I and our romantic relationship. I schedule time for my kids. Um, I, you know, try to make time, you know, one-on-one -on -one with my kids and with my kids together. Every week looks different. It's not like it's like a perfect balance all the time. And some weeks are not as scheduled as others, but just reminding myself to schedule those things in are good because otherwise I fall into the trap of working too much. Um, and I have a feeling that that may be the case for you too, especially if maybe you don't have kids and maybe you are like how I was before I had kids, you're a workaholic and 
all you can think of and do at all times is work, that's, um, that's not very healthy. And eventually it will catch up to you. Um, and so if there's anything that I want to remind you is that you are more than your productivity, you are more than um, your work, and you deserve to be able to rest and take care of yourself and have fun and experience joy and things outside of just productive things. The last thing I want to say, because this is supposed to be a shorter episode, is um, to please, please don't don't be afraid of saying no to things. There will be so many times that you will be asked um, to do one thing or another or another or another, and all those things can take up your timing. And um, no matter what, you still have to get your work done. And if you have all these additional requests, that means there's less and less space and time for you, for you to take care of yourself. So learn to say no, figure out what are the things that you are willing to say yes to, and then everything else, you know, try to be more unapologetic and say no to things that in the grand scheme of things aren't, you know, gonna, aren't, aren't like make or break it type of opportunities. And also I want to remind you to make sure you communicate your needs and ask for help. That can be really hard. It's hard for me um, as a people pleaser, as a perfectionist, as a Virgo, as a type A person, as someone who likes to be you know, in control, um, as an introvert, there's so many things that are working against me asking for help. Um, but I can't stress enough the importance of asking for help and communicating your needs uh, when you need them because it takes a village, just like it takes a village to take care of kids. It takes a village to take care of you and to make sure that you're okay, to make sure that you are harmonizing and that you do have a life outside of um, your academics, outside of your job, outside of everything else that is productive for you. So I hope you found some of these um, tricks helpful and let me know. Um, send me a message, an ID, or, um, or via email. Always happy to hear from you. I'll talk to you all next time. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anger page, or Venmo account, which is at Grad School Fem Touring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram, sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at eventmartinezvu.com. Until next time. <laughs>